The Nonprofit Happy Hour. A weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do-gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org or in person at Citizen, our nonprofit coffee shop and program space at 3636A North Mississippi Avenue. I'm Molly Jean Bennett. This week on the show, we'll hear about how Oregon Physicians for Social Responsibility is taking on issues like gun violence and climate change. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour. I am joined in the studio today by Oregon Physicians for Social Responsibility. Not all of them, uh, uh, three people. Uh, Marilee Day, who is a nurse practitioner uh, and a longtime member of the organization. And then two of the program assistants, Damon Mott-Story and Kellyanne Cameron, who is a new addition to the organization. Uh, welcome to all of you. Thank you guys for coming in and talking with us. So let's let's start out with what um, what are you guys being socially responsible for? Sure. Uh, this is Damon, uh, and really the reason we we were founded was to tackle. Um, social justice issues and uh, public health issues that are not often thought of as public health issues. Um, so Physicians for Social Responsibility on an international level uh, was founded to address the nuclear arms race in the Cold War um, and won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1985 uh, for work on um, sort of moving towards non-proliferation of nuclear weapons. Right, because um, nuclear war is bad for your health. It's pretty bad for your health, and uh, no amount of cure is going to fix it. You really have to go with prevention. And 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 so uh, as nuclear war is obviously still uh, an issue, but uh, uh, physicians for social responsibility have moved into other other issues as well. That's right. So as an example, the Oregon chapter, which was founded in 1981, uh, works on climate change, environmental health, uh, peace and non-militarism, including gun violence prevention um, and nuclear power. Um, so those are also some of the various public health issues that we work to address uh, that aren't uh, directly um, uh, nuclear war, but we also do a lot of work on um, uh, on nuclear weapons uh, still. And how how are the issues chosen? Um, we have a board of directors and we represent about 2,000 health professionals from across the state. So it's not just a Portland organization. It's a, it's a statewide organization. And um, uh, those, the uh, issue areas are sort of decided upon by our board of directors uh, and um, sort of guided by what we can fund. Okay. And I, I want to talk about that. How, how are people involved? So 2,000 uh, health providers across the state are, are involved. Uh, Marilee, you've, you were one of those for many years. Yes. Uh-huh. Why, what first motivated you to become involved with Oregon Physician for Social Responsibility? Well, I think I was there in about 1981, and I worked at the Virginia Garcia Health, health Clinic uh, at that time. And the person that I worked with actually started the PSR uh, Oregon, and we were very concerned about nuclear war at that time and nuclear proliferation of weapons. And so we just started uh, realizing that we needed to get together as health professionals and start talking about it and join PSR. 
And and I'm interested. Like, wh- what is it that that health professionals are bringing to it? Why why not join? Why not uh, volunteer your time for Greenpeace or for another existing organization? What is it specifically about health professionals that is brought to the table? Well, one of the things, speaking as a nurse, I can tell you that they are the most trusted group of people in the United States, and so. That's one of the things that we bring. We bring science-based information. And, um, and I think that uh, um, we're credible and we're very interested. And we're concerned about the impacts uh, on health. And so it works for us. So you have been involved with the organization for uh, 35 years? Yes. Uh-huh. Off and on. I'm off not, and on. Yeah, depending on... What is the issue of the times? You know, and, is it women's liberation? I kind of floated over there for a while. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm interested in that both in terms of your involvement and then also the organization in terms of how it has changed over the years. Uh, I, the board is picking up different issues. What, what are some of the campaigns and what are some of the success stories that, that can be shared? Um, well, uh, we have a number of sort of campaigns that have been very ongoing that um, we can speak about, some that are very new. Um, I think uh, a good example of one that we've been working on for a long time now that we just got a good success on was uh, the Millennium Bulk Terminal's proposed coal export facility in Longview, Washington. Um, and Marilee can speak a little bit more to a decision that came out um, very recently from the Washington Department of Ecology denying a key permit for that uh, export facility, which would have been the largest uh, in the nation. Yeah. Well, we were we were so pleasantly surprised it happens this week. And um, the Department of Ecology decided that they denied the permit for water safety. It was based on that and uh, based on the health effects of, uh, of, of clean water and on the salmon and, you know, really on the earth itself. And so we were very surprised because they've been somewhat quiet about what they were going to do. And we were looking at coming in on uh, November 2nd to have more hearings on the shoreline uh, and whether it was safe on, on Longview. And pretty worried at this point that we would have one of the largest coal terminals here on our Columbia River and, mm-hmm. that are in the United States. Well, and, and I want to I dig into this uh, case study, as, as it were, a bit more and, and to get an idea about how the organization works. So when you are saying that uh, Oregon Physicians for Social Responsibility were involved, what does that mean? Yeah, good question. Um, there have been so many different sort of regulatory processes that this, this uh, export facility had to go through. Um, and we... You know, our job as staff of the organization was to sort of track those different opportunities um, for public comment um, and uh, give information to health professionals that might be, you know, kind of working professionals who maybe don't have the time to track all of the nitty gritty details about how one of these projects can get up and going um, and also provide a platform for communicating um, the medical science of, you know, how bad is it for your health to have uncovered coal trains coming through our community? Um, you know, so the, the export facility would have been in southwest Washington, and we worked with our Washington chapter of Physicians for Social Responsibility, as well as a really large range of coalition partners. Um, but really, this was our business, too, because um, these train tracks come through Multnomah County um, and affect the health of everybody breathing the air of, around those coal trains. 
Um, so we provided the the information about the medical effects of uh, coal exports and the, those health impacts um, and give health professionals the opportunity to use their voice and their platform um, to affect those decision-making processes. You know, this seems like a really great place to drop in uh, our, our music choice for the day, which is uh, Holcomb Waller's new collection of songs, Notes from the River Keepers. Why don't, why don't you set up uh, why, why that is relevant to what we're talking about and, and the work that um, your organization does? Well, our very close friends at Columbia Riverkeeper um, uh, worked with Holcomb over a long period of time and worked with us um, to um, do a Portland event for this new musical homily exploring uh, the history and the legacy of fossil fuel exports and transport in our region. Um, and so he really takes a deep dive into sort of, you know, how is it that we got so hooked on fossil fuels as a country? Um, and uh, how is it that we got to the point of considering these massive projects that would be bringing, you know, coal and oil trains through our region? Um, and what really is that doing to us and what can we do to fight it? Um, so I think he brings an incredible artistic perspective uh, to the issue. Um, and, uh, and he makes it funny, too, which is really important. Let's take a listen to one of the songs. Uh, we are talking to Damon Mott Story, who is a program assistant for Oregon Physicians for Social Responsibility, and also Kellyanne Cameron, who is also a program assistant, and Marilee Day, who is a nurse practitioner who has been a longtime member with the organization. Let's take a listen to Holcomb Waller's uh, newest album. Your bathing suit, either. No, 
1963 Clean Air Act was the first major environmental legislation that presumed government was indeed in cahoots with polluters, externalizing the costs of their pollution onto the birds and the plants and the people to artificially stimulate the economy. And the legislature knew the government wouldn't enforce its own laws, so the citizen suit provision lets any individual withstanding Ooh, baby, baby, we're standing Sue On behalf of the government When it fails to enforce its own laws Yeah Cause Baby, baby, they love you They don't want other Special interests above you Oh, no But sometimes the law Gets carried away Expect them to enforce it every day. Oh no, they can't have their patrons giving them the boot. Oh, baby, how would you even know to vote for them if they don't have any loot? Oh, oh. So if the smog feels acute. They follow this up The Clean Water Act Yeah, those same dudes And let's face it, they were all dudes They sort of did what groovy white dudes do They were like Baby, your chemical, physical And biological integrity It really sets my spirits free So we're gonna research pollution sources Of your waterways We're gonna regulate We're gonna consolidate all these good intentions into the EPA. And the states and tribes will decide how our common water should be used. And we'll enforce it to the best of our ability. Oh, yeah. Unless our campaign budgets get bruised. Unless they get bruised. Oh, cause baby, baby, we love you. Constituents above you. Oh no. But sometimes the law, it's so complicated, it's so cray, cray, cray. I can't, I can't enforce this for you every day, every day, baby. And if my donor base gets threatened, they might give me the boot. And how would you even know who I was if I couldn't advertise, if I didn't have any loot? Oh yeah. So if your waters don't taste cute, This is the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. We are joined uh, by Oregon Physicians for Social Responsibility. And before the break, we're talking about what issues uh, they are being socially responsible for. And, and environment, coal trains are, are certainly one of the big issues uh, right now that you guys are tackling. I, I am just, it's, it is such a fascinating, because it's a very wide 
net that you're you're casting, and mm-hmm. and it also gives you some flexibility to go from starting as as an organization that worried about nuclear proliferation and nuclear weapons to uh, uh, now talking maybe about gun control or about environmental hazards. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's talk about. Can we talk about gun control? Is that sure. something that's on? The radar right now for the organization? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, really a huge reason why we are focusing on gun violence prevention is because the American Medical Association sounded the alarm and called gun violence in America a public health epidemic. Um, and so, you know, we are, um, we are seeing just an enormous amount of uh, firearm related deaths across the country. Um, and interestingly, in Oregon, about 83% of gun deaths are suicides. And so we, we've we ta- taken kind of a different, uh, we, we were looking at ways to address this public health issue. And uh, we were very lucky in, the, in, in our hard work and efforts with other coalition partners paid off at the Oregon legislature. And we managed to just um, in the past month, uh, Governor Kate Brown had the bill sent, signing ceremony for uh, a piece of legislation we supported called the Extreme Risk Protective Order. Um, and what that is is sort of like a restraining order on uh, people's ability to um, to own guns. It's temporary. It's so I can already anticipate people saying, you know, don't take away my guns. And it really what it's about is about family members um, being able to petition a judge to say uh, our loved one is experiencing crisis right now. Um, and needs to seek uh, some kind of counseling or some kind of support. Um, and just at this point in time, we're going to temporarily um, remove firearms from the situation so that this individual can get the help that they need. Um, and so that really was a huge success. Um, and we want people to know now that that is one of the tools in our, our community defense arsenal <laughs> to address gun violence. And, and one of the other tools that is and, and is not available um, is is the the physicians and pediatricians ability to talk to family and kids about guns in the house. Um, there are some limits, uh, surprisingly, on, on what can be discussed. Is, is that correct? Um, you know, so I don't know the full extent about that issue. I don't know if Mary Lee can speak to it well, at all. Yes, I worked for Multnomah County for 20 years, and we, we were doing, and almost every well child clinic um, a visit, we would talk about guns. I mean, we would say, we want to talk about some prevention measures, and what we want you to do is to make sure you don't have guns in your household. If you do uh, have guns, then you need to make sure that they're locked, they're put away, that kids cannot get into them, and they don't have bullets in them. And so we would discuss that as one of the things, the importance of reading and the importance of taking your fluoride, and guns would be one of those things. I, I, it's really interesting. I think, especially with 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 the gun issue, I would imagine that occasionally there's some pushback on this, which is sort of, "Hey, uh, health health provider, why don't you just stay in your lane?" Mm. Uh, which clearly, from from your perspective, you uh, the organization is doing. But some people might feel like, "Ah, you're you're getting into my business. Guns are my business, or my lifestyle is my business." Do you ever get that pushback that that maybe? Um, that that physicians and health providers should just that this isn't this isn't what they should be doing. Well, it's a really uh, interesting point, um, and we do definitely hear about that sometimes. But I think um, our response is uh, that by not taking a position, you are actually taking a position. Um, by not speaking out about a certain health issue, um, your your silence speaks volumes, um, and so. 
uh, when health professionals stay silent on issues of sort of, you know, the underlying roots of climate change, for instance, leading to extreme weather patterns. Um, by remaining silent on that issue, they're sort of endorsing, you know, uh, sort of a non-stance on that, which is... Uh, which is a problem because these what we see are the, these these are things that are affecting people's lives. I think Marilee could talk a little bit more about, you know, the wildfire smoke in our area and how um, a lot of people think that because of climate change, those fires were much worse than they otherwise would have been. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've lived here for almost 70 years and I have never seen a summer like this. You know, we had three months without any rain at all. So, I mean, this is uh, unfortunately one of the extremes that they say is going to come with climate change is extreme weather and that we just experienced it. And of course, the hurricanes was another example of that. And one of the things that happened with this wild was the wildfire that were we just had is a particular matter that was so high it was higher than Beijing. It was it was a red uh, line which says people really shouldn't be out, and for people that have asthma and heart disease, they were really truly at risk. I mean, what is it like to be in the summer and you can't go outside, and at the same time it's very hot. And if you don't have an air conditioner, what do you do? And so there were places for people to go to, particularly elderly. But, you know, this this really impacts people's health. And, and I would also think that it's it's been a very odd year in terms of the larger politics going in and, and uh, the ability to speak or not to speak about uh, climate change, um, about any other issues. Uh, how is that affecting Oregon Physician for Social Responsibility? Are you seeing actually an, an uptick in people's engagement and their their recognition that what that this organization has a, a, a heightened or more acute responsibility right now? Well, I think that's a really good point. Um, a lot of people have seen sort of the political climate recently and said, I need to be a part of this. Um, so people are uh, engaging in political issues in a way that uh, is it, it, things are just really different. Um, and I think one of the ways that we as an organization have pivoted a little is we joined the One Oregon Coalition led by CAUSA Oregon um, to stand up for immigrant rights. Um, because immigrants are really being targeted in a, in a very specific way right now. Um, and we see our responsibility as an environmental organization and as a public health organization to uh, stand up for um, immigrant rights. Um, Kellyanne has been representing us on uh, the environmental subcommittee addressing groups uh, such as Oregonians for Immigration Reform, which pretends to be uh, a pro-environment group, but really is uh, a white nationalist uh, hate group. Uh, as a, as designated by the Southern Poverty Law Center, um, although they advocate for quote a sustainable level, environmentally sustainable level of immigration. Yeah. So our angle on that has been not only is is that incorrect that immigration is not environmentally sustainable, but also that it can be a public health issue to intimidate uh, immigrant families and communities to the point where they do not trust institutions any longer. So they're not they're going to be afraid to go to the hospitals to get vaccinations to treat their medical conditions when it's early, which is not only bad for their health, but it's bad for the health of the entire community. So this is, in addition to being an issue of white supremacy and anti-immigrant sentiment, it's an issue of public health and safety, which is how Oregon PSR can bring like that particular angle to that coalition. And since we work on environmental issues, and this is a group that's saying that they're also working on environmental issues, but we have very different <laughs> views, uh, we can bring that 
to the coalition, and that's what we did. I mean, that's a very that's a very deep analysis of that that idea of trusting or not trusting institutions and how that plays into uh, health health reforms. Um, while you have the the, the microphone, uh, Kellyanne, uh, you you just joined the organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what, a couple what, weeks ago. <clears throat> what is it that brought you to them? What what was exciting about uh, being part of this organization, and and um, what are you looking forward to in terms of making an impact? Yeah, so uh, I graduated college in May um, from Mount Holyoke in Western Mass, and I actually grew up here in Spokane, and I was looking for some opportunities to explore lobbying and community organizing. I'd done some of that stuff at school. I had done an internship with a lobbying organization in D.C., <coughs> And Oregon PSR was one organization that was working on things that I was passionate about. I thought they had a very interesting angle that I didn't have experience in. I'm not a health professional. I just got my bachelor's. Um, but I think it's a very powerful angle, kind of what Marilee was talking about earlier. These people are incredibly trusted. And they're sort of almost seen as a neutral party in a lot of ways. People go to them for advice regardless of your political stance. You have a lot of credibility in the community. So I was interested to see how they're leveraging sort of their privileges as medical professionals and their social capital in the community to affect like significant positive change and just get some experience on do I want to go into this sort of work for the rest of my life? Do I want to do lobbying? Do I want to do community organizing? Do I want to go into law? I'm actually doing a Quaker voluntary service year and this is my placement as a fellow through that organization. So I sort of ended up here through a long process of mutual discernment and I think it will help me get a lot of tools. I also bring sort of a very different angle. I studied Middle Eastern studies um, in college, which is why I'm starting to work on some of the immigration stuff more so. Um, so I can sort of take what I already know, take some of what I want to learn, and hopefully become a better and more effective and healthier um, activist and community member. And I, and I think uh, picking up on, on one of the things that you, you mentioned that uh, physicians and health providers can seem very uh, neutral, both trusted and neutral. Is that an issue uh, in terms of the health providers becoming part of the organization? I mean, oftentimes and 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 perhaps incorrectly, uh, environmental issues, gun control becomes a partisan issue, and. Uh, this is a a state whose geography and and politics are very can be very divided. Uh, your name is Oregon Physicians for Social Responsibility. You're statewide. Is there is there difficulty recruiting health providers from from Eastern Oregon, which tends to be more politically conservative? Uh, that's a really good point. I mean, I think one of the our firmest stances, um, we were active in the science march that happened this past spring, for example, is to say that uh, regardless of your political stance on these issues, there is medical science and uh, data that supports uh, the work and advocacy that we're doing. Um, and so uh, we are a nonpartisan organization. Um, sometimes we don't recruit as many people from Eastern Oregon because there's not as many people in Eastern Oregon and it's harder to get out there and, and do work when we're based in Portland. Um, but we have people out in those areas and they do speak out about uh, issues um, and we do a lot of remote organizing on things. Um, uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's definitely... Um, uh, we're, we're always trying to kind of figure out, uh, you know, what are people interested in working on in their specific regions? But as an example, um, you know, in a kind of a more rural part of Oregon on the coast, we had a doctor who uh, came forward and helped us do advocacy on the clean energy jobs bill. Um, that's still an ongoing campaign with the Oregon legislature uh, to try to put a, a more accurate price on carbon. 
And 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 also just I, I want to think about the uh, outreach uh, that your organization has. Is this an insider organization in terms of can can just somebody off the street get involved with the organization, or or is this strictly for health providers? Well, absolutely, anybody can get involved, and uh, you know Kellyanne and I are not health professionals, but here we are, um, and uh, we do a lot of outreach in a lot of different ways. Um, if you are a health professional, that you know affects the message that you might be able to use, but. Um, uh, another example of some of the outreach that we do is actually not related to whether or not you're a health professional at all. We, we do outreach to high school students from across the state. Um, Kellyanne's working on a project with that. Yeah. So one way that we try to incorporate Oregon youth is we have an annual scholarship competition for Oregon 11th and 12th graders. And they answer a question. This year it is, what would it take to eliminate nuclear weapons in your lifetime? It's 600 words or less. It can be a poem. It can be an essay. It can be a narrative story. And they just have to submit it by March 5th. You can go to our website, OregonPSR.org. And there's a $1,000 first prize. And what we're trying to do is to get teachers and students and families talking about some of the issues that we're working on and thinking critically about it. And we're also interested to hear what young people think about the issues that Oregon PSR is working on, who, who aren't medical professionals or maybe aren't don't have medical professionals in their families. But then they also know about the organization. They know about the things that we're working on. And they can get involved that way and maybe get involved through high school organizations or we can continue looping them in on our work. It's it's incredibly expansive work that you all are doing. I thank you guys for coming into the studio to talk to us this morning. Uh, Oregon Physicians for Social Responsibility uh, obviously can be found on the net and and hopefully can be found at, at uh, when you show up to your, your doctor's office. <laughs> thank you all for coming in. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is supported by Coalition Brewing, located at 2705 Southeast Ankeny in inner Southeast Portland. Their tasting room is open to the public each weekend. They define their beers with balance and drinkability. Look for Space Fruit Citrus IPA, King Kitty Northwest Red, Two Flowers CBD IPA, and rotating seasonal and specialty brews on tap in your local bar and in bottles in many fine local and regional retailers. Coalition Brewing community through beer. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change in KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is Molly Jean Bennett. Emily Curtis is our associate producer. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, where our handle is Nonprofit Hour. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to molly at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in, and cheers! <laughs>